Hello there, and welcome to episode 16 of the 5-Minute English Boost. I can't even tell you just how excited I am to be back. I've received a ton of messages of like, when's the next episode? And it was super exciting because let me tell you this, right? When you record a podcast, you never know who listens to it, if at all, who it reaches out to. It's like, it's a shot in the dark, right? You do it, you don't know what you're gonna get and whether people actually listen and follow it. I mean, you know, I do have the Spotify data, but that doesn't indicate whether it influences anyone. But then when you're on a break and people respond and be like, oh, I was waiting for the episode. This is where you're like, okay, okay. I mean, that shot in the dark just got clearer. Uh, So I'm very, very happy uh, that you're gaining value from this podcast. And this is the whole purpose of it from the get go, right? Today's episode is cultural sensitivity. You know why I've chosen to do uh, this episode about that? I'll share a quick story. So in the beginning of the week, I posted a Facebook post on my wall about an experience I had at the Apple store in Washington, D.C. I was given service by a deaf person, Adam Khirish who was using sign language to communicate with me. And that sign language was communicated and translated to me using an online translator. So like, think about that, right? I'm at the Apple store. The salesperson is holding an iPad and on the other line on FaceTime is a translator, a sign language translator that mediates the conversation between us. That was Unbelievable, really. Using a mediator, a translator there that made it so much easier. The post got massive, justifiably, because I think it raised the issue of sensitivity, of how being aware of the other, whoever that other person might be, and respecting the differences between us and working to find solutions that will bring us closer together rather than farther apart. And this is key to being successful both as human beings out there and when we look specifically at the angle of business English as business English communicators, as English communicators. So today's episode is exactly that. What is cultural sensitivity? How can we use it to become better in our communication in English? And how is it different? And let me tell you, very different than the notorious politically correct culture. politically correct. Let's get started. in the American culture and in general these days PC culture the political correctness culture where you can't say so many things and you can't mention certain names and you can't call this that and yada 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 to the point where you can't even say one single sentence without having somebody offended by it. 
אבל תרבות הפוליטיקלי קורקט לא התחילה ככה. It wasn't always like this. In fact, it started as a solution, as a guide for people who truly didn't want to harm others with their words, who truly didn't want to offend others with their words, and politically correct culture was a guide for them on how to not do it. It sounds funny to think about it today because today we're well aware of these things. But there was a time when people didn't know whether calling a woman skinny or fat was okay. So the PC culture was the one to tell them, hey, 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 girl, I know you're used to saying that, but that is offensive. But, and we know it very well today, this train has escalated. Idardera. And today, in many ways, PC culture is a checklist of shame. This means, uh, right? Use this instead of that. Oh, you're probably a misogynist, a racist, a, a chauvinist, whatever, right? This is not what we're talking about. Let's, let's draw a very clear line. When we're talking about cultural sensitivity, we're talking about the awareness the respect, the inclusion of other cultures and identities. We're talking about a way to become better colleagues, business people, global communicators. We're talking about the desire to respect others for who they are and be respectful of the things that make us different. As Lemashal, let's get very practical with it, right? I, I'll give you an example of something I've heard from a student of mine. We know that one of the differences between Israelis and Americans is that Israelis are more open, so to speak, about their off-limit questions, right? In Israel, you could ask your partner, your colleague, your, uh, a conversation partner, Virtually anything. right? You want to know about their politics. You want to know about their religion. You want to know about their finances, whatever. You will probably go ahead and ask. In the States, it's not like that, right? Yes, off-limit questions. You're not going to ask a person you just met about their political views. You're not going to do that. Here's an interesting question a student of mine had asked me in one of my groups a couple of weeks ago. She said, well, Amber, why do I have to change myself? Why do I have to be a fake version of myself in order to communicate with Americans? And that was an interesting point of view, you have to admit. She's virtually asking, why do I have to be inauthentic in order to communicate with Americans, right? Why do I have to give up my personality, my authenticity? It took me a while to find an answer to that. And I want to share my answer with you. Being culturally sensitive, not asking off-limit questions, it's not about giving up our authenticity. It's about understanding that the other side, the person on the other side is not used to communicating like that. And if I communicate to them in a way that they're not used to and in a way that would make them uncomfortable, 
what I'm doing is I'm creating an unsafe environment for them. Think about it this way. Nagit, you're communicating with a new colleague of yours, right? And that new colleague comes from a culture where when people want to express their ideas, they kick with their legs. Okay, and they use their legs. This is their, their way of, of expressing their thoughts. And now you're talking to them and they are doing what they're used to doing, which is, <laughs> you know, kicking their legs in the air. What is going to happen to you? Are you going to be focused on what that colleague of yours is saying? Or are you going to be more concerned with what they're doing with their legs? One step further, right? Not only are you going to be focused on what they're doing with their legs, but at the same time, you're going to be expected to respond to what they're actually saying to you. You're being put in this impossible situation where not only are your cultural limitations not respected, you're also supposed to be active in the conversation. But your mind is so busy with everything else that's going on there. As being culturally sensitive is not about reducing or limiting our authenticity. It is about expanding ourselves, expanding our authenticity to include other people in it. That asks, how can I create a more familiar, more safe, more protective environment for my counterpart? I don't give up who I am. In fact, it is the other way around. I expand who I am. I extend the line of my personality so that now it meets other cultures and it allows me to explore another side, another variation of myself as a communicator and as a person. And we know very well that confident people are not afraid to explore other sides of their communication style. If I, as a teacher, am afraid of a new student coming in and me having to adapt my teaching style, if I'm afraid of that, I'm not a good teacher. Maybe I'm a good teacher for a very specific style of students. But who wants to do that? We want to communicate globally, internationally, with anyone that may come across our path. Now, wait, you're probably saying, okay, 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 but how do I know the differences? How do I know what to pay attention to when I communicate with my American colleagues? Here's a few key differences you want to pay close attention to. The first one that I want to tackle here is interruptions. Israelis find it very legitimate to interrupt others while they speak. Because Israelis think fast and they're like, oh, I know what that person's about to say. I might as well just say it myself. Cooperative interruptions. Like, oh, that sentence that you wanted to say, let's finish it together. Let's cooperate. Don't do that. I mean, even if you know or you think you know what that other person is about to say, let them finish. Let them say it. There's a reason why they're talking now and it's their idea to finish. Of course, that if you're, you know, a part of a vibrant conversation where you're like, yes, this and that, and that is the vibe of the conversation. 
you know, go ahead. It's not a rule of thumb. But for that, you have to be very sensitive to what kind of conversation you're having now. If it's a friendly conversation of like, yo, wavs, hey, you, you exchange ideas, okay. But if it's a formal conversation or a conversation with a person you don't know very well, let them speak. Even if you know what they're about to say, it's theirs to say it. Here's another one. And it might be surprising to you. Complaints and negative approach. Listen, Israelis love to complain. It's, I, I think it, to an extent, it's almost like a social habit we have, right? We like to complain. We like to do it in groups. It's some sort of fun for us. You know, it's a thing to meet together, be like, yo, the government's unbelievable. Uh, the, uh, have you seen the news? Have you seen this and that? The weather's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Great. We know it. We like it. In the States... Coming to work, complaining, you know, just venting everything that has happened to you today is considered virtually negative. It's just a negative approach and people don't like seeing it and people feel uncomfortable in the presence of it. Once again, it doesn't mean that you need to be like coming to work. Hi, good morning. I'm having the best day of my life. But other edge. But positivity is key. In the 